What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com, backslash SGPN, use code SGPN for your first-time deposit, and we'll get a, you'll get a match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sport, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or, use, or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Don't forget about the MMA Gambling Podcast. Just launched their YouTube channel to hit celebrate. We're, we're giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. MMA hoodie for all the details. All right. Well, happy Halloween. Hope everybody's trick-or-treating was great. Don't forget about the dad tax. Dad tax is key. Those Reese's, we gave you life. You give us Reese's. Oh, and dude. White chocolate tree Reese's. That's what I just had three of because my kids don't like them. They were phenomenal. <laughs> well, um, just to everyone, orange juice with, with any chocolate is amazing. Um, so, yeah, try it out. Ooh. You ever had the orange uh, Oreos? All right. Change your life. Really? So um, NFL trade did deadline that changed a lot of people's lives. And so we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about the rookies. We've had a lot. This week was a lot of breakouts for rookies. We've seen a lot of different. Um, and also who's what's the one one of Halloween candy, Jamie? What's the one one of Halloween cam- candy? Everybody. Um, we saw a lot of people change their value this week. And so we're going to talk about some of that. I got an article out on the my, my top 48. 2023 rookies and uh, where their values stand right now. Also, their previous ADP nerds as the 101. That's a good one. That is a good one. Oh, um, yeah. Reese's, yeah, Jamie. There we go. Um, so, Brett, let's recap the moves that happened today. And so, we're going to not talk too much about them, but just the big moves Chase Young to the 49ers, Montez Sweat to the Bears. Reminder, the owner of the 76ers is also the owner of the Commanders, so trust the process is his process. Josh Dobbs, the Vikings, we kind of saw the tea leaves yesterday when it was announced Clayton Toon was going to be the starter against Cleveland. I like Clayton Toon, but I hate that for him. I love Um, it. Josh Dobbs to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins out with an Achilles injury, out for the the year, Um, also free agent next year. that changes the, the Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison outlook. Then you have Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars, a very good guard, goes to Jaguars. That's key for that entire offense. Donovan Peoples-Jones goes to the Lions. He's from Detroit, Michigan guy. Rasul Douglas to, to the Bills. Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. Brad actually predicted that one last week. I was very happy. The fact we got a second and a future and a fifth. Yeah. We had to pay we had, we had, Basically, we had to pay the salary, so we got a better pick. I'm glad we did it. Kevin Byer to the Eagles, the rich get richer. Um, so there's a few players that did not get moved, and that affected people as well. So if you made a move trying to get ahead of the game, I mean, Ty J Spears was a guy that I was really like, man, go trade for Ty J now before it's too late. Hopefully you didn't spend a whole lot if you did. Um, Marvin Mims is another guy. Antonio Gibson is someone that we were hoping, hoping that he could go – find somewhere that where they actually appreciate him and like him. There were some rumors that he was going to get moved. Um, Baltimore seems like they need a running back. It was like, man, it's a perfect fit. Nada. So Brad, anybody out there as far as the trade deadline, as far as biggest winner, biggest winner. Oh my God. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers and you got Nick Bosa on one side. You and you just added Chase Young to the other on an already really, really good defensive line. That's just going to help your secondary even that much more. So I think the ability for that team to go and get Chase Young for a third round pick is just, that's just, it's stealing. It's stealing candy from a baby. Just like we talked about how all these awesome draft picks and just stellar, talented rookie players continued to fall into the lap of the Philadelphia Eagles. And you've heard the narrative. It's a strike back and forth. 
Philadelphia Eagles strike and go get Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans. And then San Francisco 49ers strike and say, okay, fine, I'm going to go get Chase Young. And they're like, oh, yeah, hang on a minute. We're not done. And they go back and make yet another trade to try to one-up the 49ers. And it's just – I think it's good It's good for football. It's good to see these players move into situations they really like for. Uh, but what about a loser? Do you have a loser, Dave, that's kind of – you're like, oh, what, what is going on here? Yeah, as far as losers, I mean, I, I think Devontae Adams is a loser. He didn't get traded. We saw what happened last night. Um, hey, thank you for that because I was down 13 or 16 with Jameer Gibbs versus Devontae Adams, and that one for 11 did me great, and Jameer Gibbs exploding. Ended up with a win. It was beautiful. So so thank you, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, for that win. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, everybody else was getting traded except for him. Like They dislike this guy so much that they're going to keep him on the roster. Like. So he must have slept with somebody's girl because I mean, something is up. They hate him. So Jamie, for your question, I don't think they invested enough. That really shows that they'll extend him next year, but they could, this is a Marvin Jones replacement. Khalif Raymond also got banged up the other day. Um, but really this is, you know, replacing Marvin Jones with DPJ and he could earn himself a contract. They got plenty of cap space. They got the room. I actually predicted them adding a receiver, but I thought they'd go a little bit bigger than somebody like a DPJ. I thought they would actually go and get somebody and, and pay up to get somebody. But, you know, they, they do like those field stretchers. He's a big-bodied receiver that goes on the outside, take that Marvin Jones role, and, and really could be the third option there behind Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown. But, yeah, I think, you know, Dalvin Cook was upset with what's going on. He's still there. So, like, there's a lot of losers in this one because people just yep. didn't get traded. So, like, Marvin Mims is a loser because he didn't see anybody leave. Um, Tajay Spears didn't see Derrick Henry walk out the door. A winner, another winner would be Tony Pollard. He didn't get any serious competition. I thought he could be someone that got, like, a Derrick Henry or a Deonta Foreman or somebody there that could, you know, lighten the load but also hurt his value a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, there's a couple other ones. I, the, the surprising thing to me is the Chicago Bears going in and getting Montez Sweat in a contract year where now they're going to have to pay him in a contract when they they let go of Roquan Smith. Well, not let go, but traded him. Like, it's a very odd situation to me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go from an all-pro linebacker to – and all pro defensive line. It's just a weird kind of scenario to me. Another one that I think is a winner is Will Levis. Will Levis, because they said, you know what? We're not going to just offload everybody and look to next year. We're going to leave Will Levis with some growth opportunity with DeAndre Hopkins, a, a security blanket while he learns the game, and a guy like Derrick Henry behind him. So while, yeah, it sucks for Tajay Spears, you know, maybe there was a glimmer of hope that Traylon Burks was going to be the guy again. But I think Will Levis is a winner just because the Tennessee Titans didn't just decide to completely blow it up right off the bat. Um, from from a DPJ perspective, I, I, I kind of like it. I, I do. Now, I don't think he's going to go in there and be, you know, this big offensive weapon for the Detroit Lions. But you got to remember, this guy was an 800-yard receiver last year in a Cleveland Browns offense that was led the majority of the year with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, and he's kind of fallen down, obviously, with the addition of Elijah Moore with a second-round pick. They got to get him on the field. Amari Cooper is the one, and just kind of the debacle that is the passing offense for the Cleveland Browns right now. But I think he can find himself a role in Detroit. He's not a big separator, but you know, you talk, you talk about Marvin Jones. He's a very similar t style of player. He's much more athletic than Marvin Jones, but he he's not a guy that creates a bunch of separation. Uh, he wins with speed, and he can do some contested catches. So I, I do think he could end up popping here or there for the Detroit Lions uh, and end up getting himself a little bit of a contract to stay in there uh, next season. Yeah, and, and from a, a team build perspective, I, I like what the Bears did with that. I like. I did not like the Chase Claypool move. That was stupid. You don't pay a high, high or mid second round pick when all of these cheap, good receivers are coming out of the draft. And I, I like the idea of not paying an off the ball linebacker a hundred million dollars. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I like that move. Um, thanks, man. That, that's what I was going for. Um, and, <laughs> and as as far as the, you know, you're not going to get a Montez sweat in the second round. And so I can understand that a little bit. You can get off the ball linebackers in the second or third round. You you can get Chase Claypool in freaking seventh round probably. But um, you can't get Montez Sweat. And so I understand the move a little bit better. Invest in the trenches, not any, not in the other places. But, uh, Brad, we, we definitely got to tell people more about prize picks. Oh, absolutely. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So let's let's say all this hype and all this talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and the Swifties. You could take Travis Kelsey, but then you can pair him up with LeBron James at a 10 and a half combo of three points made plus receptions. So Travis Kelsey gets five receptions. LeBron James makes six three-pointers. Boom, 11 is your combo, and you have more points than necessary. You also have this really cool option to play alongside some of the prize picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to review entries from some of the biggest names in prize picks community each week. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Pretty sweet deal. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is what's called rebooted. And Price Picks is currently the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash SGPN and use our promo code SGPN for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash SGPN code SGPN. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Don't forget the about the MMA. Don't forget about our MMA podcast. Uh, the Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. In honor, they're giving away the MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. Head over to, sport, to sportsgamblingpodcast.com bashless MMA hoodie to submit your entry today. Make sure you subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. So, Brett, let's get into the rookies. I think we've covered that enough. Um, as far as the rookies, Super Flex Draft, who is your 101? Oh, I mean, come on. Do we really need to have that conversation? I don't think enough has happened, negatively speaking, where Bijan Robinson is not currently the 101, even in Superflex leagues. I know the argument is going to be made for Anthony Richardson, but we've seen him play, what, four games and get hurt in every single one of them. And I know the upside is massive with him. But in order for him to have some longevity in the league, he is going to need to change his style of play. He is not going to be able to go head-to-head. He's not a twitchy, really fast athlete. He's just really instinctive. So he's taken a lot of hits, and he's taken some big hits already. So so I'm rolling with B. John Robinson, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, even with the silliness that is the Atlanta Falcons not just feeding him the rock 30 times a game. Yeah, and so if you could uh, pull up my my uh, article that came out on SportsCamblingPodcast.com, um, you can check it out. I have C.J. Stroud as the one. And so Bijan, a little bit shorter of a, you know, and C.J. Stroud, I was not, I was not a C.J. Stroud guy coming in. Um, but C.J. Stroud has shown with a very bad cast that he's a very good quarterback. I know he's cooled off a little bit, but his style of play really translates translates to a, a longer career than an Anthony Richardson and a running back in B. John Robinson. So I actually have CJ Stroud as my super flex one Oh one. And I still would go Bijan in my standard, but I think there's an argument for a receiver and his name is not Jackson. Ooh. Look, 
I had Stroud at 102. That makes sense. I'm, I'm totally fine with him being a quarterback at 101 in a super flex league. I love it. You think you think number three overall or just the number one wide receiver? Well, if you pull up the article, I can show you how I have it. And so, oh, yeah. uh, so I have C.J. Stroud at the one spot. All right. And as far as your two, are, are you gonna you're going with CJ Stroud at your two? I'm going CJ Stroud at 102. Oh, okay. You're, are we? I'm sorry. Superflex or standard? Superflex. Yeah, I'm going CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is is my QB one for sure. Redraft. Yeah, and as as far as um, you know, when we're when we're talking about going through and all your rookies. There's there's an argument to make for a lot of these guys to be at the one spot. I get it, but for me, it comes down to, um, you know, I I have Puka Nakua at the one hundred two. Ooh, good and great. You just, here, I'm a, I'll I'll share the I'll share the article here. Let's see if I can get it up. There we go. Let's get down uh, here. Let's let's see what you got. So I got Puka Nakua Ooh, at 102. And what I like here is you look at the preseason ADP, how much value you got there. But you think about Puka Nakua versus the other receivers. He's shown it. Then Cooper Cup came back, and he's been great. I know he's that, that one game where he cooled off, but that's that's it. At, for a receiver, one game where he's not getting 100 yards, it's okay. Like that's 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 pretty normal, as long as it's not every other game. And so Puka Nakua over B. John Robinson, mainly because of the positional value as far as being a receiver. We, we've, we've seen with Bijan that he's he's one of the best running backs in the game. He's obviously the dynasty running back one. But we also know how quick that can change, and we know how it doesn't change so quickly with the receivers. And that's why I have Puka at two. Brad, who's your three? Uh, my three is currently Anthony Richardson, uh, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it still hurts me a little bit to to have him. I, I, I was lower than pretty much everybody coming in. Uh, but I, I think what you see on the field, you cannot deny it. Once you see it at the NFL level, I you got to trust it at that point. And so I, I can't do anybody justice having him any lower than this. Uh, he's clearly been a better player uh, than Bryce Young up to this point. He's in an offensive system where Jonathan Gannon, uh, or I'm sorry, not Shane Steichen and team is really, really molding that offense in a way that Anthony Richardson is going to be successful, period. He's not asking him to do things that he can't do or that he does not trust him to do. He's putting him in situations that work for Anthony Richardson. So he's in really the perfect storm of situations for himself. So I've got Anthony Richardson at number three. Yeah, and so you see here I have Anthony Richardson at four. Again, all of the same exact things that you just said. It's a great setup. And you can't take away his, you know, his superpower, which is his running game. But just like we see with Tua and all these other people, he's going to have to learn, you know, how to fall a certain way, how to protect himself, how to get down, you know, working with guys like Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts, you can see where he knows when to go out of bounds, when to slide, when to take the hit you know, when not to, and yeah, sometimes you are going to have to take the hit, but it's not every single time. It's one out of every 10 runs. And it's when you need to go into the goal line or you need to go get that first down. It's, you know, live to fight another day versus trying to get those extra two, two, three yards. He'll learn that he's young. He's also a very big guy. So he should be a little bit more durable. It's just, you know, it was a bad get with that hit. I mean, it's just the yep. way he fell. It just wasn't good, yeah. But I do did drop him a little bit because of the same things I mean, we saw with Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton, he's younger than like Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins and these guys that are still playing. He's been out of the league for like four years. You just cannot sustain that. And so people that see quarterback and think, "Oh, this guy's going to be in the league twenty years," no. Like unless he learns how to play a different style, 
Like, granted, all quarterbacks can get hurt. I get it. Joe Burrow's pocket passer, he gets gets hurt. Matthew Stafford gets hurt. But it's less. It, it's more likely with these guys that they're going to get some of these injuries that really, you know, shut their career down by thirty. And yep. so um, that's why I have them a little bit lower. But I do love the situation. I love Josh Downs. I love Michael Pittman. It's great. Absolutely. Uh, my number four, since we've we've kind of worked through Bijan a little bit, so I do want to get this guy on the board, I think, real quick and, and ask uh, where you have him, Dave, and that's Jameer Gibbs. I have Jameer Gibbs at number four. Um, that moves him up a spot uh, from preseason ADP. He was like four to four and a half in ADP. Um, so where are you at with Jameer Gibbs? Are you comfortable with that? Or do you have somebody ahead of him in your pre or in your, uh, in season redraft for the 2023 rookie class? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit lower. Um, and you know, we saw the phenomenal usage yesterday, but to give, to give you some credit there, there's, there's not been the same usage when David Montgomery's on, on the field. Yeah. And so I do think that those things kind of, like they they regress to the mean because there's too much David Montgomery he gets hurt <laughs> and so like you want they want to use David Montgomery thirty times well he gets hurt he's got hurt yep. missed time twice this year and so they go right before the bye week and give Jameer Gibbs thirty one carries and he's gonna get a bye and so he's gonna get to rest up a little bit well so is David Montgomery and so when David Montgomery comes back you're still gonna see great stuff I I really really like Jameer Gibbs. And I think his usage could lead to a longer career, but it's just, there's so many good players and with the quarterbacks going ahead of him. And I also have one tight end ahead of him. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. We'll get to the tight ends, but before we do that, let's get in. And Dave, you've talked about hall of fame bets pre-show, but it again is time to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets. It is the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. You can sort your players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which players pick have values. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, so let's look at the 105. So you said you have Gibbs at the four? I've got Gibbs at the four, correct. Who's your five? So my five, I'm rolling with the quarterback, and, and I know I talked a little bit of shade on him, but I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I still think the talent is there. Uh, he just needs to be given some help from an offensive line perspective. The running game is not working. The play calling from Frank Reich and, and team is not really setting him up for success, but you can see him being able to produce a at the, at the level, right? It's it's not what we want, but in reality, what we saw from C.J. Stroud the first three or four weeks of the season, that's not the norm for rookie quarterbacks. What we saw out of Anthony Richardson the first four weeks of the season is not the norm for the quarterback position. So that rookie season is always a growing pain season, especially when you look at a roster like the Carolina Panthers and as not great as it is. And when you've got a 34-year, 34, 35-year-old Adam Thielen who is balling out, that's that, that's that's a rough spot to be in uh, when that's your best player and and on the whole squad, and it's not even close. So I still think you, you can't let these quarterbacks drop too far in a super flex league. So I'm going to be looking at Bryce Young at the 105. Yeah, and I got him at the 106. I got JSN at 105. I know it's not been great, but he still, I, I do believe, has a better situation than some of the guys below him, and we just believe in the talent. And at the end of the day, JSN was everybody's wide receiver one. I'm not going to bail on him 
um, and bury him in the rankings. I'm going to keep him here. But as far as JSN, I got him at the five spot, and I do think. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can understand the JSN perspective. I just had I, I he was the number one for most everybody coming into the season, but for me, I look at the the productivity and do we really think that DK Metcalf is not going to be on that team long-term? I know we've got maybe a year or two left with uh, Tyler Lockett there as well, but that team has always been a run first team. So when I, when I look at this, I'm actually looking at kind of Jordan Addison as my wide receiver uh, ahead of Jackson's JSN. So I've, I've got Jordan Addison at this spot because of that, just because even with Seattle, I get it. The talent is there with JSN, but he is – DK is there. Tyler Lockett is there. It's a run-first offense. Geno Smith. So I, there, there's some question marks there that I just don't know that it's going to – he's going to get the volume that we want to see there. And we're already seeing the volume with Jordan Addison. We're already seeing how good this guy can be even with Justin Jefferson on the field. And we haven't really seen that with JSN when they're, when everybody's healthy. So uh, I, I've got them flip-flopped a little. They're, they're right next to each other, and I'm not going to fight either way. But, but I am a little concerned just around the utilization of JSN when you've got that high of a pick invested in him. Well, and so uh, Gibbs, Gibbs was, was great in the fourth quarter against the backups, down 35 against Baltimore, yep. and he got the touchdown. Um, but he, he didn't really look, have a great game before that. Like I'm, I'm a big gives guy, but like, those, those things matter. Um, and, uh, Will Levis, he, we're going to get to him. He did play already. Remember he played in London. He got in for like two drives, Yep. got sacked four times in, in six plays. And so, um, it didn't look good. And, uh, it definitely looked really good this weekend. So, uh, JSN, I got Bryce Young right there. You have J- you have Bryce Young at five, JSN at six. Uh, no, I have Jordan Addison at six. Addison at six. Yep. And so, and I'm totally fine with that. I think, like like you said, really everybody in the top 12 is is pretty close. Yeah. Um, this class was, as advertised, very good. Um, and Puka was a big surprise, and so was um, one of my next guys, which is uh, Devon Achan. Um, but this guy has been a pleasant surprise. Sam Laporta at seven. Laporta, because the positional value is why I put him above Gibbs. That's why the quarterbacks are above Gibbs. I love him. I love Gibbs. I think he's going to have a longer career because of the way he plays than most running backs. I think he is an Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones type of player. But for him, Tarkenton, Marcus Mariota, Will Levis, it's pretty good. pretty good uh, crew right there. But Sam Laporta is the Dynasty 101, period. I ran the polls, got the got the answers, 1,600 votes. It's him over Pitts, him over, over Andrews, him over Kelsey. Brad, disagree or agree? Um, I still really like Dalton Kincaid right now. Now, you know, you know, from our time in the offseason, I was a Laporta. I was high on Laporta early on. I think he was my tight end to – early on in the draft process. Uh, but a- as that process went went on, he moved a little bit further down. Um, I love Sam Laporta. Do not I, – I have nothing negative to say about him. But we've seen Dalton Kincaid the last couple weeks with Dawson Knox on IR it really come to the forefront a little bit. And we've seen that athleticism, and we're seeing him get more opportunities – and I think the team is going to realize, hey, even when Dawson Knox comes back, we need to make sure this guy is in our offense. We're we're looking for some, another piece. Uh, Gabe Davis is too inconsistent, and Stephon Diggs is going to do his thing. We need somebody else. And so I'm still I've still got Dalton Kincaid just a smidge, uh, little little itty bitty hair above Sam Laporta right now. But Sam Laporta is an absolute monster, and he is as advertised coming out of Iowa. Yeah, and I'd say better than advertised. I mean, this guy was a good player, wasn't great. He was on a terrible offense. Production was okay, but we saw it. Um, plus, he 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 gave me the first question at his interview, 
at the media session for the combine. So I got a little bit of love for him, but I like it. He, I like he it. was, you know, we've, we've been clear that both those guys were ahead of Michael Mayer for a long time. And, and for, this is fantasy football, not football. Michael Mayer is a great tight end, great player, but he just does not bring what these guys bring. And to be in Detroit with that offense, the perfect setup. And Laporta is the dynasty one, the, the tight end one for me in dynasty. All right. Yeah. Who do you mean, got I next? Mean, I, I got Samir yeah. Gibbs next. Okay. Uh, so we're at, let's see, let's, let's scroll you down to number eight there. You got Gibbs. We've talked about him. Uh, for me, number eight, I have Zay Flowers, actually. So uh, I was somewhat low on Zay Flowers, I would say. I, I did not expect him to get into this offense and immediately cement himself as the number one option outside of Mark Andrews. Uh, I thought Rashad Bateman would kind of be in that mix, uh, coming back off an injury, being a little bit healthier, and and having that experience with Lamar Jackson, and that has not come to fruition. I was completely wrong about that, and it is what it is. Uh, you know, we can't get him right all the time, but Zay Flowers is really freaking good at football, and he's a guy that knows how to set down in zone. He's a guy that can make you pay in man-to-man coverage, and I think from a just, a, you know, when you look at the wide receiver landscape for these rookies, he's a guy that can do anything you ask. And I've got him at the number eight spot overall, which is just a couple spots above what the ADP was in the offseason. He was number 10 in the offseason. He's coming in at number eight for me now. Uh, now I want to say that's four spots above where I had him ranked preseason. I think I had him at number 12 overall. So I just really like the skill set and how it's kind of coming to fruition with Todd Monken and, the, and the, the Baltimore Ravens. And I think you can't really go wrong. Like you said, with any of these 12 guys, you can have them in basically any order almost. Yeah, I think there's an argument to make for all of them. And for the reason I have some of these guys ahead, like I said, positional value. Um, and with the receivers, I, I said this pre-draft and I, I'll stick by that. And, and maybe, you know, you could make an argument to drop him down a little bit. Puka is the only one that actually is a one. Everybody else is a wide receiver too. And Addison, he's on the, on the border, but like these guys are really kind of like they're it's hard to see them as top 12, you know, receivers on a weekly basis. The really yeah. good number twos. Yeah, that's fair. And, and good wide receiver twos. I know there's a whole lot of wide receiver twos, but they're young and they're good playmakers. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I get that. He's, he's proven that as the one, he can do it over and over again. And even in the weeks that Cooper Cup has returned, he can still produce wide receiver one numbers. Hell, he had 150 some odd yards last week, right? So and uh, so Jordan Jordan Addison. Go ahead. So Jordan Addison gets Dobbs. We didn't really talk about that about the trade deadline stuff. Yeah. Dobbs was able to keep Marquise Brown, um, and then you have you know Justin Jefferson coming back soon. With that, um, you know we don't know what the the, the it is next year. Jaron Hall is there as a potential, you know, uh, you know, a potential starter. Dobbs is going to be there. He's not under contract next year. Kirk Cousins is not under contract next year. And he, he, uh, tore the Achilles in his plant leg. Um, so as far as cousins, Jaron Hall Dobbs, we don't know who the quarterback is for Addison or Jefferson next year. What are your thoughts on that and how you rank Addison how you feel about his outlook? Yeah, I mean, we've seen Dobbs carry a couple guys, right? We saw him in the first few weeks really be able to carry Zach Ertz with with a target share. Marquise Brown got, had some really good games. We saw that offense in Arizona moving. Now, I believe he was in that Minnesota's who no Pittsburgh's who drafted him, isn't it? Never mind. Um, so. To me, I would have expected them to go after a little more experience personally, right? Uh, Jacoby Brissett, for instance, comes to mind. A, a quarterback, a backup quarterback in Washington uh, that's not really playing, not getting – they're letting Sam Howell run with the, the reins right now. So, hey, let's bring in a guy that is, has been a little bit of a journeyman. I get it, but has a lot of starting experience, and we saw produce – 
when given the opportunity with the Cleveland Browns last year. So I, I, I would have expected something a little more like that uh, than Josh Dobbs, but I don't think it's a bad move. Like I said, we saw the first six weeks of the season, Josh Dobbs really play a competent offense. And to be honest, it almost looks like the first half of every week, he's really, really, really good. And then they go into halftime and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We cannot be winning these games. Let's change our strategy to where we're not as good anymore. And then, like, it it really is a tale of two halves with the Arizona Cardinals when you look at it. So I'm curious to see what Kevin O'Connell can do with him. I think the weapons obviously take a little bit of a downgrade, uh, but I still think they are startable assets. I, now, yeah. if I could move TJ Hawkinson for Sam Laporta, I'd probably be looking to do something like that. If I can move TJ Hawkinson for Dalton Kincaid and a little bit, I'm probably looking to do that right now. TJ Hawkinson, I believe, is a tight end one in fantasy football right now. From a redraft perspective, I think he still has age on his side and that production to where you could argue, depending on your league, you might be able to make those moves. So I, I think TJ is a guy that I'd be looking to kind of move to go get some of these other tier guys, you know, tier down, if you want to say that. I mean, you just made the argument Samuel Porter's tight end one in Dynasty. So, uh, you know, you're not obviously taking TJ Hawkinson for Sam Laporta, but if I can make that deal, that might be what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and when we talk about tearing down and things like that, that then if it's not one for one, then, you know, there's obviously room to talk. Um, we'll kind of speed it up a little bit. We've got a lot of players to go through, not a lot of time. Um, the, the next player on my list after Addison is Will Levis. And, you know, he kind of fits right there where he was preseason. But if we had this conversation last week before the game, he probably would have been in the middle of the second round. I mean, everyone knew Ryan Tannehill was not going to make it through this whole season. We talked about it last week. He had two touchdowns all season. Well, Will Levis did that by halftime. Um, you know, it, it, he's going to be the starter rest of the year. But even then, t- Tennessee was going nowhere. And it made no sense to keep Ryan Tannehill out there, especially when he's stinking it up. And so he's going to get Traylon Burks back. I mean, this this is a little nice little setup for Will Levis, and he gets Pittsburgh. It's not the best defense, and so we're going to be able to see him again on on this Thursday. And so, um, it, it's fantasy football is funny, and dynasty is the same way. You can see things change overnight, and if he goes and stinks it up on Thursday, maybe we're back to the other conversation. Um, but I do think he's solidified, and because of the positional value, you could even argue to have him higher. Yeah, yeah, I've got him at number 10 right now also. He was kind of the consensus number four, I think, for most people coming into the season. Uh, coming out of Kentucky, there were a lot of questions around decision-making and things like that, but he absolutely looked the part. I think it'll be a very telling thing next week with a really good defensive line between Alex Highsmith and uh, T.J. Watt coming at him to see how he kind of manages that situation, right? Because he did have a tendency to get a little happy feet uh, and make really bad decisions in those type of situations when he was at Kentucky. So I'm hoping that he's been coached up a little bit. Hey, we're going to have a good game plan, maybe short, quick passes to to get T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith under control initially and then use that to set up that long game. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it could be a very challenging week, I think, with the Pittsburgh Steelers on hand against a kind of subpar offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, he, they they talked about him during the pre-draft process about um, they said sometimes he was courageously stupid, where <laughs> he was really like he would stand there in the face of everybody coming after him and not afraid to take a hit. But sometimes, like you, you throw the ball away, man. Like you yep. can't take those hits all all game. Um, yeah, Devon sure. HN is my 11th and I missed on this one. I was just, I was definitely, and don't get me wrong. He's injured. It's the second injury he's had going, coming back from preseason and now, but he also scored a hundred points in three games. Like it's hard to ig- ignore the, that this guy could easily outscore. He'd be the RB one on the week, any given week. And in a small sample size, I mean, he's never played more than 50% of snaps. And, and he scored four touchdowns in one game. 
I mean, he is just lighting in a bottle and he's in a perfect situation there in that explosive offense and all the things that people said that I thought they were dreaming about are true. Um, the only problem is he can't stay healthy and that's why I got him at 11. Yeah. It's, and so I have him at 12. Um, I was looking at PFF today uh, on my break. Saw it's not even close. If you look at the elusive rating for the running back position, he's at a 300. Then you got Tajay Spears next up at number two at 195. Then you've got Raheem Mostert at 122. And this is based on a minimum number of attempts also, just a side note. So I'm sure if you just go in there without filtering that, you've got some guys that have had two carries and it's astronomical, but I filtered those out. Then you've got uh, Kenneth Walker at 98. I mean, he's on another freaking level, dude. It is nuts to me. And as good as I saw Jameer Gibbs last night look, it pales in comparison to what we're seeing Devon Achan do on the field when he's healthy. So it's it's pretty impressive uh, what we're seeing from him. Like you said, I don't think really there were some, I'll call them truthers out there, uh, but there were a lot of people out there saying, hey, this guy's really freaking good. You cannot sleep on him. Uh, and we're like, okay, yeah, I get it, but he's kind of small. Is that really going to work? And Mike McDaniels is making it work. That That's for sure. So I, I think he definitely belongs in the first round of uh, any kind of really? redraft that you're looking We at. had Pat Fitzmorris on the show, and he said he was, he was like work done, um, or like Chris Johnson. Um, yeah. and, and work done, you know, with somebody who's a smaller back was really good balance. And get on the inside, and then you have Chris Johnson, which was CJ two K. Um, but yeah, he just—I wish we could see like fantasy points, like as they're running down the field to see them populate, because he'd be <laughs> like Sonic when you're collecting rings. Because I love it. I, love I feel it. like when he touches the ball, I'm just seeing like because I'm always playing against him because I don't have enough of them, and I'm like see it like damn that was three points, damn that was five points. Like he's racking up like four or five points a run. Every and then run, he ripped yeah. off a seventy-yard touchdown. Like I have thirteen points. Um, so the next guy got Zay Flowers, and and you know I've I've been the Zay Flowers guy, and I hate to bury him like this. It feels like I'm I'm actually hating on him. It's just I really like those other guys ahead of him, and he's just in that like. There's such a pile of guys in that spot between like wide receiver ten and wide receiver thirty, and he's just stuck in the middle there. Where the other guys, it's just it's positional value, and that's why I got him a little bit lower. But I, I love Zay Flowers. I love the fact that he put on some weight and still kept the speed. I love that he's not playing exclusively in the slot. He he really is the alpha in that offense. And it was day one. I mean, week one, he was the, the target hog, and he's been he's got at least five touches in every single game. They're either doing a sweep or they're doing a bubble screen. They're they're targeting sometimes he's getting double digit targets um and, and he is the you know he's the primary target there with Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback so um I like the spot there for Zay Flowers and I I really think the uh, the Chargers are are frustrated that they they took Johnston uh over Zay Flowers and and I, I'm a little bit too because I think he'd be phenomenal there but uh Man. but yeah Zay, Zay Flowers is is, is good Yep. So, so I had Zay Flowers up at number eight. I had Devon Achan at twelve. So, just to move my top twelve, the the guy in there I had at number eleven that we haven't actually talked about is going to be Dalton Kincaid. Um, and this, like I said, it's once we saw Dawson Knox go out on IR, we've seen Dalton Kincaid get significantly more involved in the offense and look the part. Uh, the last two weeks. I expect there to be more of that. We've got a minimum of two more weeks while Dawson Knox is on the IR. So, uh, and like I said, I think the team is going to realize, hey, even when Knox is back, this guy needs to be more and more involved in in the offense for sure. So, so for me, I've got Dalton Kincaid inside that top 12 uh, as well. 
Man, all, all these guys were my guys in the pre-rankings, and Brad's higher on them now. <laughs> it's making me <laughs> sad. Um, so my, my 13th guy is Dalton Kincaid. And, uh, you know, we it took a little while, but we saw it. And I, what I wrote up in my article was, you know, we put some unrealistic expectations on Kincaid. And, you know, don't get me wrong, Sam Laporte is hitting all of them. He's been a tight end one every single week. But that is very abnormal. Like, that's freakish level stuff. That's Mike Ditka, Kyle Pitts, rookie year, and that's it. Dalton Kincaid has been on a very above average pace. And the last two weeks, we've seen him go go nuts. And this week, we actually saw it, and we saw it on Thursday night, which was even better. Um, but Dalton Kincaid's good. He's a, a good receiver. A good receiver. He's a good running back. A, a good running back. Good tight end. <laughs> and he's really just a big receiver. And so um, he is a little bit older than Laporta, and that's something to consider. He's an older prospect. Um but not much older. We're talking about 20, you know, 25 and 22. Um, but Kincaid is in a great spot there with Josh Allen. Gabe Davis free agent next year. Stephon Diggs a little bit older. If this offense could run through Kincaid here in the next couple of years, and he's just getting started. So I'm super excited about him. I, I think all of these guys that we just that all my top 13, I would trade a 24 first for. At least one. You're gonna have to trade a couple for those other guys, the top guys. Yeah, I, 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 I'd be on board with that. That makes sense to me. That makes yep. sense. To me. Yep. All right, who you got at 14, Dave? Let's see. At, at 14, I got Josh. Oh, Downs. Tied up at 14. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and so Josh Downs was a guy that I, I compared to Tyler Lockett when we did our our series, and uh, he he goes in the slot. And he is Gardner Minshew's dude. When you look at first read targets, it goes to Josh Downs, not Michael Pittman. You look at man versus zone, Josh Downs is the guy. And Josh Downs, not only is he getting the targets, but he's getting the production. He's catching the ball down the field. He's taking these slants or little, like, smaller smaller routes, and he's taking them down the field. But he's also got a few deep shots. And so I like the way they're using him at all three levels. And this the volume is just you can't ignore it. And, you know, some of these younger quarterbacks, a slot receiver is their best friend because it's close, they're closer to the line of scrimmage. And so um, I think downs could be even better. Uh, right now, I think it's wide receiver 51. It's not like crazy, um, but he's been really good the last few weeks. And it's really happened. It's unlocked with Gardner Minshew. Um, so there might be a little pause for concern there because it's not Anthony Richardson, but I just think his role in this offense is defined. And when Anthony Richardson comes back, he's still going to be the dude. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, with what we're seeing from Gardner Minshew, it's I'm just going to throw the ball. And and Shane Steichen's letting him do that. We saw in week three when Anthony Richardson went out against Baltimore, Josh Downs ended up with 12 targets here recently. He's had eight targets a few weeks ago. He had nine targets this week against New Orleans. And like you said, they're using him in all three levels of the field. So you could see a game that is seven catches for 50 yards, or you can see five catches for 130 yards. You're seeing a little bit of everything, and it's really based on the game plan. So it's really nice to see that no matter what the game plan is, Josh Downs is very involved in it and he's another one of those guys that just knows how to create separation he's currently right now uh the number six ranked pff wide receiver and you could pull a couple of these guys out like jake bobo and demario douglas who haven't played a ton of snaps uh which would bump him up to number four behind puka nakua uh rasheed rice and tank dell right now from a pff uh receiver rating uh perspective so i really like josh downs uh, and the outlook for him, regardless of who the quarterback is and the health of that that position. Yeah, and he's wide receiver 11 since Minshew took over. Yep. 16.6 PPR points a game. Um, the next guy got Stajay Spears, and I wrote this article before the trade deadline, and I, I put in there this, you know, he could move up or down based on that. And there's no guarantee that the Titans do not bring Derrick Henry back next year. Um, but there's no guarantee they do. 
And so Tajay Spears could easily be, he could be the lead running back for Tennessee. But he's looked better than Charbonnet, looked better than Kendra Miller. He's looked better than Roshan Johnson. He is the, for me, he is the next guy, the fourth running back out of this class. And he's doing it. He's had running back two performances while sharing the field with Derrick Henry. Yep. And he's actually eating into Henry's you know workload a little bit. I just think that he is just talk about elusive. Um, he's he's definitely one of the the more elusive players. Brad read that off earlier. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I've got him one spot below here, but you can see he's he's getting work with Derrick Henry on the field as well. Uh, he's averaging very good yards per carry. The elusivity rating or the elusive rating for PFF is really good. He's forcing a lot of missed tackles, whether he's catching the ball or he's running it. He looks good between the tackles. He looks good in the passing game. He's getting all of the work that you want outside of Derrick Henry. There isn't like this third person that is eating into his snaps and should uh, Derrick Henry go down, knock on wood. We don't wish for that. But if he does, this guy, I believe, is a league-winning type of pickup. So for me, if he is in a redraft league, if he is on your waiver wire, you need to make him not on your waiver wire. He needs to be on your squad, sitting on the bench, waiting for those that, that opportunity. Because uh, it could come the way that Derrick Henry runs at the age that he's at. So I really like this play at 15, even though I've got him at 16. Yeah, I, I, actually, Jamie, I think I need to redo this whole article. Roshan Johnson's way too low. Um, so uh, uh, Tank Dell, Tank Dell is my next at 16. He stayed in Houston, gets the home cooking, gets with C.J. Stroud. And I love the fact that he's getting to grow up with C.J. Stroud. Love what they're doing there in Houston. Really fun team. And they're just getting started. This offensive line has been banged up. They've really only had one healthy starter each of the games this year. Stroud is just getting going. And Tank Dills, he missed a couple times, you know, some time. And so, you know, his uh, concerns about the, the, you know, the size and all that, I get it. But I do think that we need to adjust how we look at these receivers and running backs. Because you look at, you know, Jameer Gibbs and Devon A.H.N. and and Josh Downs and 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 Jordan Addison and Tank Dell and even Tajay Spears and go, these guys are way too small to play. No, they're not. They're not too small. And you look at, you know, uh, Devonta Smith really paved the way for these guys. And there's other players that are doing it. It's just a different NFL. And the way they're using players in space, you need these smaller more agile with good lateral quickness guys. And yes, they do get banged up sometimes. But so does the, so do the other guys. But when these guys are healthy, they're absolutely exploding out of the fantasy scene. Uh, my next player is another guy that I, I was too low on. And I was tight as Rasheed Rice. I was way too low on Rasheed Rice. I I put in there the argument between Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. The answer is Rasheed Rice. He's not even played 50% snaps. Not a single game where he's played over 50% of snaps. And, and this guy is, has got multiple wide receiver two finishes. He's being used in the red zone. He is a good receiver, and he gets paired up with Mahomes and Reed. You know, combo like they do with the, you know, the chicken nuggies. Um, it's a nice little combo there with Mahomes and Reed. And uh, I think Rasheed Rice is – one of the nicer surprises this year. Some people took him in the second round, and they were they were eating it up with the whole Kansas City thing. I was a little burned by the Sky Moore stuff, and it stayed away. And I wish I had more Rishi Rice. Yeah, I've got him at eighteen. Um, I've got Tank Dell a little bit lower, but Rishi Rice is a guy that's basically hit my um, target share report, snap share report article week after week after week for the first four or five weeks of the season, trying to tell people, look, um, there's really not a wide receiver in that on that team that is garnering more of a target share than Rasheed Rice outside of Travis Kelsey. If they're playing the wide receiver position, Rasheed Rice, uh, I believe up to this point, six of eight games has been 
the target share leader for that team after Travis Kelsey. And like you said, that's a guy who's playing 40 to 50% of snaps most weeks. But it's because in those high leverage situations, he's getting the opportunity. When he's on the field, he's getting open and they're relying on him to catch the ball a little bit. We did have some concerns after week one. I'm not going to lie, right? One of the big concerns for Rasheed Rice coming out was, look, he doesn't create a lot of separation. And sometimes he he's not catching the ball. He doesn't have great hands. And then week one, he comes out and he drops a wide open ball on a crosser route. And we never saw him again after that. Um, then week two, it started to come back to front, and and he's he got worked into the offense more and more and more, and he is the number one outside of Travis Kelsey there from the wide receiver position. I don't think there's any argument to be had there for Rasheed Rice. Anybody we missed there in your top seventeen, Brad? Uh, I did have I do have Zach Charbonnet up there at sixteen, so I've got Charbonnet at sixteen. It's hard for me to drop him uh, from just a talent perspective. We saw how good he was. Yesterday, I know he's not getting the volume that we that we want, uh, but hey, if if he was getting the volume that some of us wanted, then that would mean Kenneth Walker is not getting value volume, and we definitely don't not want that. We we want to see him get the volume. So I think he's a good little high value handcuff type of guy, very similar to a Tajay Spears. Uh, I know the situation's a little bit different. Uh, that, you know, Kenneth Walker is not going anywhere like we think Derrick Henry is. But I, I do really like Zach Charbonnet and the one-two punch that the Seattle Seahawks kind of use there. So so he is he is in my top 17 right now. You have a good one, Jamie. Thanks for hanging out, man. If you ever need someone on the pod, we'll, uh, I'm glad to guest. Um, and we can talk with Roshan Johnson. Um, <laughs> I, I, I assume that Charbonnet, it would just be too much to take him, take him that far. I don't have him much further. But my next guy is Quentin Johnston. Um, and, and Quentin Johnston, I was never really high on him. Um, I, I just – those guys that are just like – it's kind of why I was lower on Rasheed Rice. Talent, you know, is uh, is based on, you know, really being uh, faster and bigger than the other guys versus like being a great polished route runner. Those things, you know, it really translates to the NFL a lot better and the other guys are a step behind. Like everybody else is a freak athlete in the NFL. And so you kind of lose that special tool. But a guy that can separate and run routes, that translates a lot faster. And they hit the ground running. Not saying Quentin Johnson can't do it. And he's in a great situation. But what I see when I watch Chargers games, like remember that pick they threw at the end of the game the other day? That was Quentin Johnson's like only target. And he and Justin Herbert were not on the same page. Quentin Johnston was going, he was stopping and Herbert wanted him to go outside. Well, he stopped the corner, went and picked it off. Herbert threw it where he thought he was going to be. And he wasn't there. And so when you're not where your quarterback needs to go, the quarterback and the coaches are not going to target you. And then you have these drop issues. We just, we're seeing him run behind Josh Palmer uh, Darius Davis is getting as much run as he is. It just, it's not very bright. And Quentin Johnston right now is a hold. Like you can't really do anything with him if you have him. Um, and you know, maybe he's a buy, but like, it's hard to buy someone right now that like, you're going to have to pay up. Someone's just paid a first round pick for him. They're not going to give him to you for a third. You're going to pay at least a second, probably a first for Quentin Johnston. And, and he hasn't shown you anything that deserves that. 100% agree. He is he just doesn't you can you can see it when you watch the game. He he doesn't understand the route tree. He doesn't understand where to set down in zone, where to stop or to continue a route. Um the timing is off. The, it, there's there's a lot going on there. Um you hope that Kellen Moore and that offense, uh, you know, that offensive staff can kind of help that situation. He can He's got one of the best guys in the league at it in Keenan Allen. So you hope that Keenan Allen has kind of helped coaching him, coach him along a little bit. You hope that Josh Palmer is doing the same because you see Josh Palmer doing a really nice job of this. Uh, so you hope there's some development there for him. He has a, a, 
a good athlete. He's He's got the measurables to be very good uh, from that athleticism perspective, but there there's the mental side of the game that he's just not picking up just yet. So you kind of hope they help pull him along. And, and it's early, right? There's also, you know, we've gotten spoiled with the first-year rookie wide receiver outbreak, you know, breakouts. So, uh, you know, it's not a time to panic, right? There used to be a time not too long ago. I'm old enough to remember that third-year breakout was the big thing for wide receivers, right? Not first-year breakout. So don't panic with him to where you sell him for a late second just because you're trying to get value. Uh, I think, you know, kind of let things work out. He's still tied to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think that's that's good enough to hold for a little while with him if you invested. Yeah, I think we can probably rip through the rest. I know we all got to get out of here in our mark. Um, I got Charbonnet next. I think he's a buy. Um, we've seen him start to get more worked in. He's missed a lot of time with injuries, and his injuries have caused him to not really get a lot of opportunities. He came into the, he missed a lot of the offseason, hurt with a shoulder injury and a groin injury. Then he got healthy. Then he got banged up again. And when you're just rehabbing, you're not practicing. You're not learning the offense. And for a rookie, that's really hard. And Ken Walker's been used like a workhorse, and they're going to have to slow that down. And if they want to rest him a little bit, we can see Charbonnet get a little peak. This weekend was the first time he got 60% more than, you know, or more snaps and he turned it into some good production. So not the biggest Charbonnet guy, but I do think that, um, that he's a, he's a player that you're going to want to, you're going to have on your roster. And I got him ahead of the other guys, Wilson, um, he gets Kyler Murray back and, um, this guy is playing really well. He's a buy. He's an absolute buy right now. Michael Wilson is. Yep, and then Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims, uh, those guys just hold hands in all my rankings. Um, <laughs> I got Kendra Miller really kind of projecting there that he's going to be the starter. He's another guy that's just missed so much time with injuries that really hasn't has been able to do anything. And then Jalen Hyatt, maybe a little bit of a homer pick, but Brad alluded to this last week. This guy's getting a lot of – he's getting a lot more snaps, a lot more involved, and – the Giants offense, yes, seven yards passing last week. We had Danny DeVito at quarterback. It was bad. But it's not going to continue to be that bad. Daniel Jones coming back. Andrew Thomas is coming back. Andrew Thomas has been the big piece. And then you get the rest of the offensive line starting to get healthy. They're going to be better. And, and Jalen Hyatt is going to be one of the featured pieces in this offense. Now, now Darren Waller's out. You're going to see him more involved. And if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, they're right now picking at the four spot. They could easily go pick up another quarterback next year and get somebody else. But Jalen Hyatt, and he get his his higher upside than some of these other players because of the types of targets he's getting. Yep. So, Brad, any of those guys, is that still the same guys as your top 24 is Roshan in there? Uh, I have Roshan at 25, so he's just outside. Jonathan Mingo is the guy I've got inside my 24, uh, and he's he's just outside for you, but you kind of see him overtaking it from an opportunity perspective. DJ Shark, who hasn't been able to stay healthy this year, who I, I thought was going to kind of be the, the big target winner for that team coming into this season. I was pretty high on DJ Shark. Uh, if he could stay healthy, and he just hasn't been able to do that. But you're seeing Jonathan Mingo get a good target share. Uh, I want to say it's been six targets in the last three, each of the last three weeks, uh, and he's turning those into catches. He's got a very good uh, catch percentage on that. Um, now, Jonathan Mingo is not a guy that's going to give you a ton of yards after the catch. He's not going to give you big explosive plays. He's going to do more of that kind of Adam Thielen thing that we're seeing, right, where it's, 12 catches for 83 yards and a touchdown, 15 catches for 100 yards. Like, I think that's the type of player you're going to see Jonathan Mingo really develop into, which is a very, very valuable player for both an NFL football team and your fantasy football squad, especially if it's full point PPR. So I really like Jonathan Mingo. Uh, That's still significantly lower. Let's see. He was 16 uh, in ADP coming into the season, and now he's down down at, at the twenty four spot. So, uh, you know that that's a that's a pretty big fall from grace, really. But I I think 
I could find I could see him move up a little bit as the season wears on because I think the opportunity is going to be there for him. Yeah, and to talk about Roshan Johnson, um, I, I can make an argument to move him up to twenty five for sure. Um, I got Tank Bigsby there, um, and, and, and Roshan. It, it just I was a big I was definitely a fan of him coming out, and I love the situation. But if you're not able to overcome subpar pieces ahead of you, like I like Khalil Herbert a lot more than Brad does, but Roshan should have been been able to to at least give him some pressure, move him out of the way. He's been able, unable to do that. He's still he's been a little banged up recently. Um, the other day was not a good look. That fumble was kind of an ugly play. Um, he needs to he needs to look better. He's another guy that looked really, really good against second-string people in the backup after the Bears were down 30. He didn't look as good when he got reps in the first half. And the other day, he didn't either, especially when he fumbled the ball. So you look a lot better against the second-string, third-string guys than you do against the first-string. That can be a little bit of a facade, but hopefully he does um, improve. Um, But I just think his draft capital puts him in a spot where he's still – you know, he's still in danger of being replaced. You know, next year, Khalil Herbert's out of town. Foreman's out of town. Roshan Johnson's the guy. Then they draft a running back in the third round. And you're like, well, there that, there goes that. Yep. So I'm just I, – I think that you can move him up top maybe in the 20 to 25 range. But there's still that concern of, like, what's he done for me lately? What's the future look like? The Bears could be firing everybody. I just don't know. Yep. 100%. Anybody else before we go, Brad? Uh, No, I think that's it. I think Roshan is probably the last one to, that really deserves a good amount of talking about. So, All right. Well, as always, good luck this season. Happy Halloween. Trick, trick or treat. Have a good one. Cheers.